Have you ever wished you could just talk to some other teachers and ask how they do things in their classrooms? This is your chance to hear from other teachers. Welcome to Teachable Moments, a podcast full of tips, tricks, and insights for teachers by teachers. Are you ready to hear from a variety of different teachers in a variety of different grade bands and disciplines with a variety of different backgrounds? Well, you are in luck because this podcast is built by teachers who are currently in the classroom for teachers who are currently in the classroom. They will rotate through many different guest hosts and a ton of different topics that have originated through some of those teachable moments for both students and teachers. So without further ado, let's jump right into today's podcast. Hi, I'm Andrea, and I am a middle school ELA teacher. My name is Kate, and I am a high school science teacher. My name is Lily. I am a special education teacher. Um, I'm, I moved to the States three years ago, and I have some background in teaching in China, and I went to school in Kazakhstan, so I know a little bit of that uh, educational system also. So today we will talk about multicultural approaches in education, and to start, let's just define the multicultural approach in education. A multicultural approach in education is an approach that recognizes and celebrates cultural diversity within the classroom and aims to create a learning environment that is inclusive and respectful of all cultures. This approach seeks to help students from different cultural backgrounds feel valued and supported, while also providing them with opportunities to learn about and appreciate other cultures. So building off of that, have either of you had or have had any students from other cultures? Um, I absolutely have. especially this year more than my first year which was last year um, a large portion of our student body is Hispanic so for me being bilingual I I feel like I have first of all my work cut out for me because they I mean I'm I never not have a job there's there's always something to do Um, but two it just helps me connect more with those kids especially the ones coming from other countries from uh, to you know the United States for the first time and like that culture shock of like not knowing how we work as a school like the mm-hmm. the just the dynamic of it is just totally different so um you know when they see me and they're like oh well you know maybe she can help me out or maybe you know she knows something that can um you know make me feel a little bit more at home just just that little bit of familiarity is like huge for them yeah. Someone who speaks my language. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't have any on on my caseload this year, but we do have just, you know, within the school. And obviously, there are some Russian students that I just always come and say hi and just ask them, you know, how are you and everything. Um, They you know, respond in English already. So like they're better in that because that's their primary language now. But um, it's still, I think it's good for them to know that there is a person within the school who, you know, can speak that language that they use at home. And I think the location of my school and the industry around it really has increased the diversity of our student body. I've had students from Brazil and Egypt and Germany, um, France, China, Korea, pretty much everywhere. We have a really large Japanese um, student population right now, and it's all ranges of language when they come here from absolutely no experience with English to some of them coming in and 
writing the most beautiful essays in English that I've ever read. Yeah, so. that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And um, why is it even important to talk about this? Um, let's take a look at it from a student's perspective. Imagine your family decided to move to a country where people speak a different language, um, they have different rules and expectations at school, they even eat different food, so everything is just so unknown and scary. And um, the, pro the process of integrating a student from a different country into a classroom can be super difficult. It can be less difficult depending on the variety of factors, but it's 100% always stressful for the student. And so teachers must be aware of those factors and they must be ready to provide maximum supports. Um, and so let's just talk about some factors and supports that teachers can provide. Sure, so first of all, language barrier. If the student does not speak the language fluently, they may struggle to communicate with teachers and classmates, uh, which can make it extremely difficult for them to participate in classroom discussions and understand the material. So what can a teacher or school do about this? Well, in our school, and I think in most schools, we just have ELL, ESL classrooms where teachers come and they pull out, you know, um, foreign students and they would just teach them English in their classroom or they would push in and just support them within the general education classroom. I think that's great support for them. Yeah, that's, that's about the same for where I'm at um, as well. Um, and I feel like a lot of times, you know, in meetings for those specific students coming in with, you know, little to no English um, at all, they 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 benefit from kind of getting one on one with us and going over. Well, this has worked for me. Maybe you should try it in your classroom. You know, even though they um, may struggle a little bit, you know, try to use you know like visuals or try to use um, you know smaller sentences and mm -hmm. try to you know speak in a way that meets them. You know, at their level where they're at. And I mean, too, their their fellow classmates. If there's anybody that has um, the, either the same level or understands that language, they're, they're reaching out, they're trying to help them out. Yeah, you know, there's that connection, like, I want you to succeed, like, I'm gonna help you, mm -hmm. you know, and you can see that being played out. And it's, it's interesting to watch kids do that, um, even when you can't be there. Like, for me, you know, I can go and um, try to help someone out, but I mean, if they're not in my room, then there's very little that I can do at that point. But um, there's, there's a lot that kids do for each other, and it's just, I just love watching that, it's, it's neat. I know at my school we have one EL coordinator and she teaches one specialized class for all of our EL students which is usually the first period of the day where they go with her um, for that first block but then she floats out and co-teaches gen ed um, different classes throughout the day with that and I was really fortunate that she actually co-taught my biology class with me last semester and I feel like I learned so much from her and from having her in the classroom and just pointing out different things like you did this this way but maybe next time we adjust and you could do it with more videos or more visuals and mm -hmm. um, just yeah. little things that you don't even think mm -hmm. about and it helps I feel like all of my students as well um, it's not just the students who English is their second language it's even students who might struggle with reading and reading comprehension mm -hmm. and things like that that if you can simplify it just a little bit or break it down and in your notes you have fewer blanks that they have to fill in or things like that just yeah. adjustments that help all of the students yeah, and I also think um, it's just uh, cool when a teacher can do some research and maybe just find a couple of words in the native language of a student and just like, you know, if a student from Japan comes into his classroom and hears konnichiwa from a teacher, I think that would really make his day. Yeah, I like that. I've, I've definitely seen teachers um, 
kind of expand their knowledge on that. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be uh, they'll be using Duolingo or anything like that just to kind of get that connection yeah. with their students. And exactly, it's for I mean, connection for yes, the most part. Just yeah. to, for student can see it's that the teacher is trying yeah. to, yeah. And to they're forming steps. a trust bond too. It's yeah. like I know that you're trying to help me. Like I know that you're trying to be, you know, meet me at my level, and it they yeah. they notice that exactly. They see that. I think building on that, like branching out to kind of learn a little bit about students' um, different languages and different cultures, these students from different countries, they have different cultural norms and expectations and it can make it challenging for them to adjust to that new environment. So, for example, some cultures place a greater emphasis on individualism while others are going to value collectivism a lot more than um, what we may be used to. And as teachers, we can help by celebrating that diversity and celebrating cultural events and holidays from different backgrounds in the classroom. Um, Things from learning about different cultural traditions, foods, customs, and like you mentioned, even just the different languages. Yeah, definitely. And um, for example, when I worked in China, uh, because it was an international school, again, there was students who were just children of like, you know, some expats who worked there. And they would celebrate, obviously, Chinese New Year. Uh, they would celebrate uh, Russian, well, that holiday is called Maslinitsa. That's basically a week where we just make like crepes and pancakes. And it's just so fun for like Russian students there. Uh, and it's just a great way to just expand your knowledge about the world too to just become a little bit more open-minded and just see how other cultures um, celebrate their uh, holidays and in my school I know that we celebrated also a Chinese New Year and the teacher because the teacher had two siblings uh, well two students who are siblings um, their parents are Chinese and uh, they were making little moon cakes which is traditional Chinese uh, like a little cake I guess they have it for um, I don't remember the holidays. I don't think it was Chinese New Year. I think it was like lunar, like fall celebration or something. Well, anyway, it was a Chinese holiday. And they were making those little mooncakes and kids were just so happy and everybody was so happy in the classroom because they are also delicious. So I just can think of only benefits of bringing those different celebrations into the classroom. Yeah, I like that. The um Anything dealing with food, I feel like my kids are, they're all for it. Yeah. They're like, I don't care what it is. Like, I, I want to try it. What is that? They're so eager and they're so interested um, to share share those things. Um, there's a, a book that we've started in my, um, in my classes and we, I started out explaining, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Hispanic culture in here. And so all my Hispanic students are like, oh, yes, I know this. You know, there's a game involved in it that is very... Um, like culturally played like everybody in in that culture knows about it and then there's um some spanish sprinkled in so the kids are like learning little words while they're reading it and they're um you know they'll ask their their classmates they're like well what does this word mean and stuff and they just starting those conversations like i don't even have to go in and say you know talk with your neighbor about this like they're already asking each other like it's opening the door for that and it's it's celebrating that they're like oh well this is what we do this is how we do it and then um, you know, another student will be like, oh, well, um, this is how we tried to do it one year, and it didn't come out probably as good as yours, but, I mean, we like it, and um, so there's a lot that they, you know, they have in common, they connect with, and it's it's, um, it's something to enjoy, and, I mean, food is just the connector, like, every, everything. For sure, yes. Um, <laughs> I think at my school, our World Languages Department is really, really great, and when there are all these different holidays, Um, and celebrations associated with the different cultures, especially when we have students from those cultures, they really make an effort to celebrate that. And even on our morning announcements, 
Um, they'll have little short videos that the kids have made explaining what they're celebrating and kind of what it means to them and all of these different things. So it actually exposes a really large population of our student body to all of these different experiences, which is really neat. Yeah. It sounds a little like fun. Um, so another thing is just educational differences. Um, educational systems can vary greatly between countries and that can make it challenging for a student to adapt to a new curriculum and new teaching style. Uh, and yes, for sure, even me as a teacher starting to work in an American school, even I was shocked by how different just the teaching style is. Like I just remember being a kid um, it was probably 25, 30 of us, one teacher, and we were, like, that's how I remember it. Maybe somebody else has a different opinion, but I remember, like, not even whispering to my friend, not even, like, turning my head because I was so scared of a teacher. I was so scared to get in trouble, and I just remember that the discipline was just, like, nobody would ever just get up and, like, walk to sharpen their yeah, pencils, yeah. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you had to raise your hand, and you had to ask always, and it was just... Uh, the expectations were to like not move without you know teacher letting you yeah. to yeah <laughs> and so uh, here I feel like there's definitely more freedom like students just can move around the classroom can I don't know like if you need to go use the bathroom you can just like grab a pass and go like I, I was I was shocked <laughs> mm -hmm. and I was also very surprised that there are like in, in our at least school mm, there is a teacher and a teaching assistant so two people in a classroom I think that's amazing I feel like that's something that so beneficial to, chil to children, obviously, and also to a teacher because being alone in like a classroom with 25 kindergartners, yeah. I feel like that's hard. Can be intimidating, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially, that brings me back to my first year. Last year, <laughs> I was told so many times, just survive, <laughs> just survive your first year. And I was like, o okay, yeah, okay. Do I'll you have a that. teaching assistant in your classroom? I have, um, I have one now, and uh -huh. she is um, new for me. Um, this started probably about a month ago, actually. Um, and I, whenever uh, one of our counselors came to me about it, she was like, would you, would you like one for, you know, this specific student? There's like one or two students that I, that would greatly benefit from it. Mm -hmm. They were like, well, she's available if you need her for your first period. And I was like, are you kidding? Yes, absolutely. I will. Yes, <laughs> I, I need that. So uh, it's been such a different, such a different dynamic in the classroom, but it helps so much. It's like, I can't be with this student one-on-one -on -one like I would like to be for a whole hour, but because I have her there, like, she understands, okay, this is what we need to focus exactly. on, you know, keep keep that focus for him, and then, you know, I'm, you know, free to make sure that everybody else is not gone crazy, you know, mm -hmm. in the room, but, um, but yeah, that's, teacher's aides are wonderful, they're, they're great. I had one last year as well, um, and that that was also that was I love that woman she was she was great she was a great help um, it also helps because I feel like whenever you're whenever you got a classroom full of like 25 30 kids it's I mean you you know those kids you know your students you know the ones that are like I wish I could just pull you aside and mm -hmm. we could just get this concept or get this you know whatever we're doing um, and then with that with that I guess presence that adult presence in the room it also helps to keep the peace, you know what I mean? No one is like running around or being disruptive or, you know, like you said, run, standing up and doing yeah. whatever. It helps to keep everybody kind of in check. You know, there's still somebody here. I need, you know, this person needs my attention for a few minutes and then, you know, swap out or whatever. Mm -hmm. That really helped with my um, 
like one-on-one -on -one conferences that I would have with the kids just going over goals and things for the year so that that, yeah, that was, is definitely very helpful yeah, I very wish helpful. like every country had that as a standard just having yes, two teachers yes, in the classroom just having, yeah. what about high school kids do you also have um, we typically do not unless there is a specific need for that um, I had again my co-teacher for my one class and I believe I had one class my first semester of teaching that I had um, a TA in twice a week um, because she was in other classes otherwise and that was mainly helping provide support in terms of any students who required accommodations mm -hmm. with testing such as real out and all of that yeah. um, she would mainly pull them out and help with that but for the most part most of my classes and most of um, my team's classes do not have any TAs. And how many students do you have in a class? Um, the smallest class I have had is 19, and the largest has been 33. That's a lot. 33. Yeah. <laughs> 33 freshmen was a lot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, uh, for example, in my culture, from where I'm from, there is no such thing as high school. Like, it's just all one school. Yeah. Like, you start your school um, in, like, first grade or kindergarten, whatever, with the same people, and you just, you know, go through all 11 grades. It's 11 grades there. Um, it's just all the same people, the same teachers, basically. And I feel like there are some pros and and cons obviously it's awesome just because you know all the teachers by the you know by your uh, what do you would you call freshman year or <laughs> you know uh, and you're so close with your classmates and everything but at the same time I feel like you'd it's also not so good because you know the teachers and you know exactly how to yeah. you know sometimes you know manipulate too much. them. <laughs> yes, you know you know too much. And also, uh, especially if you live like in a smaller town, you also know those teachers because they're like your aunt or you yes. know something. Yeah. Um, so that's also different. And uh, but I just remember growing up and like watching some shows or movies about like American teenagers. We were all like so angry. We were like, "Oh my God, American schools are so awesome! Like you can choose subjects there. Like there's not like I had to take chemistry. Like I hate chemistry. I I don't understand it, but I had to take it because there was not like no choice. And so we would like watch those shows and like, oh my God, I just I wish I was in America right now. And yeah, I just think it's kind of funny. Um, the picture and like the reality, you know, of how yeah. it actually is. And also here, I want to add that it's, for example, if a family moves um, to the States, right, and, well, obviously kids have different expectations of the schools, but also parents don't really know what American system is like. And I think if we know that the parents are like the, the immigrants, and it's not like grandparents or like, you know, more generations behind, but it's like actual parents of a student, we also need to help them understand how we work here like what it looks like also special education like it's not a thing in where I'm from because they're like the education there is not that inclusive as here honestly mm -hmm. uh, that's obviously not good and I'm I think they are kind of like taking steps toward like adding it but if for example a person from Russia enrolled a kid to a public school here and the teacher would be like okay we want to evaluate him to see if he like qualifies for special education a parent would be like what is what special is education oh, wow. yes so um, we definitely need to make sure parents understand what it's like what our American schools are so what what do what would they do in that situation when a student obviously needs that extra attention 
Oh, that's so tough. Like I can tell you at least from like five people who were in my class who needed that extra attention. They did not get any. No, they would just like, okay, you know, they would ask parents to just pay more attention to their, like literally I remember being in like sixth grade and my classmates would not be able to read and they would just Mm -hmm. have to, like there was no accommodations. You you can't read aloud. You just have to kind of survive. And at that point you're just learning survival skills, like how to cheat, how to, you know, make sure you just get it done. So yeah, that's really difficult for sure. Right. the, the survival skill thing reminds me of a student I had last year and it took me up, up until like mid-year to realize that that's what she had learned was survival skills mm-hmm. in like curriculum just like this is what I do just to get by so that they don't look at what I'm doing or it's that I don't the, understand yeah, it's yeah. like it, it she's just blending in you right. know? and I was like how did I not see this mm-hmm. well obviously first year teacher not going to notice that immediately but like just with talking to the team it was like oh by the way this is the trend that we're seeing and I was like well that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. because that's what she's learned she's like well I can't I can't do it so I'm just gonna do what everybody else is just to blend in you know and not really get it oh my gosh I was like (laughs) we need to fix this right I felt so bad and of course like in education that's not good but also it's not a bad skill to have like you know to be able to just kind of yeah, get enough it, information yeah. to get by and just to yeah because especially it's hard when students like that like this are quiet and they just yes. you know don't draw too Sit much attention and, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they're just sitting there doing something mm-hmm. pretending they're working and it's really hard to notice right. that something is wrong for sure i have one of those in my caseload this year she finally ended up in special education but she made it to the second grade and um she like does not know sounds mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's tough that is tough definitely so with that comes uh the other aspect of uh, education which is the socialization part uh, making friends and building social connections uh, which can also be difficult for any student uh, but it can be even more challenging for students from a different country who may not have a social network in their new environment so how can teachers help with that I know at my school, at the high school level, one of the things that we push a lot is to help our students who are coming from other countries and maybe don't speak English as fluently or as comfortably as they might want to, is to get them into a sport if it's something they did Mm, at home. Um, Sports kind of are this universal language where you can show up to a soccer or football in other (laughs) country um, field and you don't necessarily have to speak the language to play. You you know what to do out there and it feels a little less restricting for them that they don't have to ask for the help and it's a place they're comfortable and they know what's happening and it also surrounds them with kind of a community of people who have some similar interests um, and can build a friend group for them. And we found it something that can be kind of difficult for our international students who are moving here that they don't know like how tryouts work or who's the mm-hmm, coach and mm-hmm. who do they need yeah. to contact and what's a, a sports physical and where do they need to go to get all of these things. So right. making sure that we reach out when we get new students like, hey, did you play any sports back home? And if you did, what were they? And here's the steps you need to take and mm-hmm. the places you need to go to move forward with that. And that's something we found really helps. 
Yes, that's been yeah, huge definitely. For and I think it also helps to boost their like confidence, mm-hmm. just because if a kid can play soccer really well, that like you know him being on the field and playing and showing what he can yeah. do definitely will help with his self esteem. Yeah. Other than being in the classroom, not understanding anything, you know, yeah. that's not going to be good for him. But also, um, yeah, I was going to say about sports in American schools. I feel like here like, they are on such a different level. Like honestly. Uh, I just remember we, my PE classes, we would go and we would like play basketball. Uh, nobody would explain, <laughs> like, <laughs> explain to us how. So I just know, okay, I need to do this and I need to shoot it. And it's just, it was so lame. I just, I'm, oh my gosh, it's like nothing comparing to like what our third graders are doing now. Uh, it's just so funny. And then like, you can do, there are so many opportunities for you in college if you're so good at, mm-hmm. you know, in sports yeah. in high school. And I don't know, maybe I just wasn't, because I'm not that athletic, really, but I wasn't really looking into that. But from just what I remember, I think in the States, that sport, sport like culture is way stronger than in many other culture, mm-hmm. in many yes. other countries. Yeah. Yeah, I like that what you said, especially in our school, I feel like that was huge, the, the sports thing, because they come in and I even had some kids at the beginning of the year and they would ask me, you know, do they play soccer here? Mm-hmm. I'm like, absolutely they do. <laughs> you're in, you yeah. know, you're totally going to make it. And they, I mean, we had just a huge turnout for tryouts for mm-hmm. soccer this year. I mean, it was, it was huge. I was like, there's no way. But they, they, they're so unified with it. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good outlet for them yeah. too. Cause you see so many of them just like feel defeated throughout the day because they don't understand, you know, simple instructions or things mm-hmm. that, you know, are simple for us. And they, you know, they get out there and it, they, they just shine. Like they're just, mm-hmm. this is, this is what they do. Um, so that, that definitely helps them. And I, I try to encourage kids with, you know, anytime I see them, you know, doodling something or, um, sh- showing interest in anything related to the arts, you know, I'm like, that's something that you should Mm -hmm. probably look into. Maybe there's a club for that. Maybe there's something that, you know, you can find somebody else that likes to do as well. Um, I have a lot of, a lot of artsy kids too. They, they love to draw me things all the time. And I'm like, you're really good. That's awesome. And so, you know, then find different ways to connect with like the art teacher or, you know, art club or photography club, things like that. So there's, there's so many ways to get them involved, and it, it, I think it really helps them academically when they know that they fit in somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And also about sports, I just remembered how during um, the World Cup, the FIFA, yes. uh, all our ELL students were just watching all the matches on their phones, just yes. cheering. They were, yeah, like I a one big family. Like, <laughs> me my too, screen. me I too. Like, no, yes. We're going to watch it. We're, yeah. we're all watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll it was like, my, I stuff. had their attention for like 10 minutes, and then they were like, can we watch the game? And I'm like... Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well. yeah. Let's get our work done so we can watch We the can game. put it on the big screen and you can do your work on your small screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Yeah, that was a good way to kind of get them motivated. Yeah, yeah. we can do it. But and also, <laughs> also maybe just um, teacher taking the class on like a field trip or something, something where they don't feel pressure from having to be an educated you know what i mean like yeah. just go and have fun with class uh that will just also help them blend in i'm sure yeah. um when there's no pressure and so we've kind of gone through a lot of our different experiences and all with um, diverse students and different cultures in our classroom and kind of wrap things up and put it together um Let's just talk about some of our more clear-cut research strategies we found for how to incorporate a multicultural approach in a classroom. 
Um, yeah, so uh, teachers definitely should use diverse literature. Um, just incorporate literature that represents diverse cultural perspectives and experiences into the classroom. Um, that can include books, articles, poems, other written works that represent voices and uh, experiences of people from different cultural backgrounds. Uh, I think that also can include some videos, maybe movies from, again, different cultures. Uh, and again, a little personal um, <laughs> example, I was co-teaching in the third, third grade classroom and I walked in and I saw that they were talking about um, about the Cold War, I think, between the USSR and the USA. And they were talking about uh, space, space exploration. They were talking about Yuri Gagarin, who is the first um, Soviet cosmonaut. And it just made me so excited just to see him on the screen in an American classroom. I don't know, and like, I'm an adult. Like, I don't really need that to feel, you know, happy. I don't know, like, but it helped even yeah. me. I'm like, okay, they learned, they know who Yuri Gagarin is. Uh, they made me happy. So obviously that would make happy, like second graders, third right. graders, just to yeah. see familiar faces and names from from their home countries. Yeah, I like that. The um the thing that I do in the mornings with my bell ringers every day is something different. Sometimes it has to do with the story we're reading or the the lesson of the day, but um, sometimes it's just to get their brains started, you know, get them writing, mm -hmm. get them thinking. And uh, on, I feel like, when is it? Is it Wednesdays or Thursdays? One of those days is usually something where I'll bring up um, like a famous person or like a wise words Wednesday thing or something. And I try to, you know, diversify it as much as I can, you know, with, with, people that they know, people that they may not know that they're introduced to, just so that they become a little familiar with it in my room. And it's amazing when they see somebody they know, it's like, yeah. I know who that is, do you know who that is? And I'm like, um, yeah, that's so-and-so, let's learn about this person. And then, you know, another student may be like, well, I don't know what they do, who are they? And then there you go, conversation mm -hmm. started right yeah. there. And it's just like a proud moment for them. They feel so proud. They're like, look, this person's from my country, yeah. you know, so. Um, another uh, useful strategy would be to teach tolerance and respect. Um, creating a safe and inclusive classroom, uh, inclusive classroom environment by teaching tolerance and respect for all students, regardless of their cultural background. Teach students about stereotypes and how to avoid them. Um, with that, I want to add that that has been something that I've had to do this year uh, more so than last, just because I have a more diverse group this year, um, and I feel like. I mean, they've grown up with these kids. They're they're in middle school now, so they've they've had you know a couple years with them at this point. And if they've not learned anything from them yet, they they they're going to as they grow up. You know, there's more uh, there's more conversation around different stereotypes and different things um, based on even their interests. And I feel like by sitting them down and just you know kind of talking, hey guys, this is this is what the reality is mm -hmm. we're not all the same skin color we are all from different countries different places different backgrounds our families are from different places but we're all together in one school we have one goal and we're all going to learn together um and it's okay to be different i mean it's 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 a beautiful thing yeah. um and learning to i guess not only appreciate those differences but also celebrate them and just be proud of the people that you're, you know, in a school with is just huge. Um, and I've had a lot of kids just um, embrace that more this year. And just from watching them, like watching them welcome a new kid in a class or something, it's just, I mean, I don't even have to say, you know, be nice to this person. They're just like, who are you? What, yeah, where do you come know. from? What is going on? Like, what's your name? And they just, you know, they just kind of 
get that all on their own. So it, that's that's a great thing to have. And if you haven't had those conversations, for sure, it's it's changing. It'll change your classroom. Definitely. I think even keeping in mind too that there's there's a lot of stereotypes about kind of the southern area of the U.S. that students yeah. coming in from other countries mm-hmm. have. Um, and making sure to address those as well. Like sometimes we think more of the outside, but even I teach in an area that is much more suburban, almost city than where I'm from. And my students not too long ago found out where I was from and looked it up and they asked me if I wore shoes in my school. And I thought it was a joke and it was not a joke. They were being serious. That was what they thought. I had to clarify that yes, we did in fact wear shoes. always and it, it was not the picture oh that they had like they yeah, have this idea yeah, of idea. the rural south as being that's like funny no shoes in the school right? yes. and that's not what it is at all and so making sure also to kind of clear up those misconceptions on both ends right exactly yeah I've, I've heard that I've heard that from my kids too sometimes and I'm yeah. like no guys <laughs> not, that's not so funny. I've never heard that but it does remind me of something funny it's not really about education but uh People from Russia or Kazakhstan, they always ask me, they're like, hey, Lily, do people in America actually wear shoes in their houses, like inside their homes? Oh, yes. I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, sometimes they do. Sometimes it just depends on the family. But because it's like, it's a big no, no, no there. Like right, you would not right. even make it like a step because your mama will just, you know, meet you. She would not be happy. She'll meet you at the door. Yes. I had a friend in high school, actually, and I... I went over to her house one day. We were, we were uh, cooking something together. We were baking something. And I so I go over there, and as soon as I walked, I didn't even think about this. I was just gonna walk on in, you know, just like normal, and normal for me. And then uh, she like meets me at the door, and she's like, "Okay, could you just go ahead and put your shoes right there?" And I was like, "Sure, sure, yeah." Yeah. <laughs> but it like caught me off guard. I was like, "Oh, yes, absolutely." You know, right. I didn't want to be, you know, out accommodate anybody you know yeah. anywhere but it I just didn't know that about her and I was yeah. like okay well those so, are just I mean, little things yeah, really yeah. you would not even think and it about was interesting that. though because I mean they were all like her and her family as you could tell you know mom dad brother sister everybody's shoes were like lined up right at the door and I was like <laughs> wow okay yeah they've got a system that's yeah. great <laughs> and so continuing on from that another thing you can do is encourage student participation and encouraging them to just share their own cultural perspectives and experiences with the class, which can help create a more inclusive and diverse learning environment. And I think making sure to make sure that you create a way for them to share that that they feel comfortable with. So if you have students coming in who maybe aren't super comfortable with um, speaking English, if they're really good artists, like you mentioned the art earlier, Mm -hmm. like let them draw things and put those things up where everybody can see them because that's a way for them to express themselves. Um, I had a couple of students last year who came here from Honduras and had never been in America, spoke very little English, but both of them were absolutely amazing artists. And so a lot of times when we would do different, um, not so sciencey activities, but just a little bit more about them and allowing them to express a little individuality, like making sure that they knew they had the option to draw something. They didn't have to write or right, speak, yeah. mm-hmm. and they could still share that with everyone. Yeah, I like that. I've, I have had so many good artists. These kids are great. Yes. And I've had so many like little renditions of me. <laughs> like they like <laughs> yes. to draw me. <laughs> They're like, here you go, I drew you. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, that's what I look like to you. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, no, it's great. It's, and I, I try to like, I, I try to highlight that as much mm-hmm. as I can. Anything, um, and they're different, you know, all, all of them are, but they, um, 
they get so excited when you notice things like that. Like, yes. They're like, this is my passion, and she knows that this yeah. is what I like to do, and she accepts it. And, like, I've got a like, whole filing cabinet full of, like, um, little drawings that I've just magnet, you know, put yeah. all over the, all over the place. And everybody's like, oh, who drew you this one? And I'm <laughs> like, well, you'll never believe it. This person is also good at drawing, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. And also the fact that you just keep them all in your drawer and you don't throw them away. Because yes. <laughs> yes. my Mine students sometimes come to yeah, my classroom. Hey, Miss Lily, remember yesterday I drew a picture and I put it right here? I'm like, mm, yeah, it's in the trash now. So <laughs> I just, I just yes, can't. I, 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 I try to avoid that as much as I can. I'm like, no, I have everything. <laughs> I know. No, that is great. I'm just so not good about keeping paper. I'm like, if you draw something like on an iPad, I'm going to save it. But I just can't do the, the, the paper, no. Yeah, take a picture and <laughs> yeah. make a collage yeah, out of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I can yeah. take pictures of their, their uh, masterpieces. Um, and uh, another strategy is to use diverse, diverse teaching strategies, of course. And I think um, using a variety of teaching strategies um, can really include visual aids, group work, hands-on activities, and they can diverse learning styles and cultural backgrounds of the students in the classroom. And I think it's also, um, even if you don't have anyone from different cultures is just a good strategy to always keep in mind. Um, use as much visuals as you can, because I think you, you, you know, you might have autistic kids in your classroom, you might have kids who just, you know, are visual learners, and I think visual aids is just one of the best um, strategies to use. Uh, group work, especially, again, if you want, you know, a student from a different culture to blend in, uh, you know, combine him with the people who you already know that he shares some interests, like, yes. you know, a group of artists yeah. or a group of soccer players or something where he would feel comfortable. Uh, and I think hands-on activities is just something universal that everybody loves. Like, I yes. literally never met a single student who would just not like hands-on activities. Right, yes. Yeah. And pictures, lots of yeah. pictures. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So the next one is about incorporating diverse perspectives into discussions. Um, encourage students to share their perspectives on current events and issues from different cultural backgrounds. This can help broaden students' understanding of the world around them. Um, so anytime I have like uh, whole classroom discussions, um, it's so interesting to see what kids say about the same topic, like yes. their own perspective. Of it's it's so neat because it's sometimes it's like. I, I imagine what they might say, and then they just like hit me with something totally mm -hmm. different, and I'm like, that is a great connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then I use that. Like sometimes I'll take that and I'll you know jump right into the next uh, class with it, and I'm like, well, here's a good example that came from a student, um, and then they you know they'll take it or they'll add to it or they'll share it with you know a classmate, and um, it really just helps to like deepen those conversations so that they're not well, you know, I don't know what this is about. Can you tell me? Or, you know, they're not just like one level. They're, I can share. I've got experience with this. You know, I've got, I, I know something about this. Um, so I really like, I really like trying to make sure that I can, you know, mix that up, especially with students from different backgrounds so that they can share different perspectives because it's, um, it's something that helps the conversation. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. you know, it elevates it. Yes, definitely. And um, I also want to add another thing. So um, in the USA, of course, a big part of the curriculum is teaching about that, you know, racial injustice that mm -hmm. took place. And um, we all need to be aware of that. Uh, but for students in other cultures, it is not a part of the curriculum because mm -hmm. they are 
you know, you don't, they don't live here, so they don't really necessarily learn about that. And I think that can be also a big thing, especially for kids who move here, um, you know, as high school students mm-hmm. or middle school students also. Um, they, I'm not saying, of course, they need, they need to learn that and they need to understand because they are moving into this culture, so they definitely need to know. Uh, but sometimes teachers also need to give them a little bit of credit for just not knowing because they did yeah. not grow up learning that. Right, yeah, yeah. Give them yeah. that time to... Yes, yeah. Yeah. to learn that yeah yeah definitely yeah and kind of going along with that uh, respecting students cultural identities and one of those ways is by making sure you pronounce their names correctly and we've mentioned incorporating their cultural backgrounds into the classroom discussions and this is something that can be hard I think because I know they'll let a lot of the other kids mispronounce their name um, over time and I can mm-hmm. try and remind my mm-hmm. students like well your your real name is Christopher but you go by CJ and you don't like when people call you Christopher so you need to make that same effort yeah. with your other yeah. classmates to call them by the name that they want to be called. Don't mispronounce it. Like them calling you Christopher is similar to you mispronouncing their name. Yeah, definitely. And also for teachers, just simply asking, hey, you know, how do I pronounce your name? Mm-hmm. That just That's so helpful. Like the amount of times my name was mispronounced in this country is like, <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, I don't really care that much, but kids might. Yeah. Uh, and so just making sure you are saying it correct, uh, that can make, uh, you know, a big difference for that student for sure. I like um, hearing the, the things that they say too, because they, um, they'll tell you their name and then the first time you butcher it, which is something that I did at the beginning of the year, I had a student, and um, I was like, I, I mean, I just said it as, I just read it, and I was, and then after I say it, I'll usually say, was that right? Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? You know, to let them know, I will fix it if it was a mistake, um, and like the whole class knew this student, and they were all like, no, her name is, and they said it, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. so sorry. Well, it's I was like, that I they will knew. say it. yes, yeah, and then she was like, it's okay, it's fine, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter, say it however, and I'm like, nope, absolutely not, <laughs> that is your name, and I will, I will say it correctly, yeah. so I'm like making my notes on my roster, like, yeah. this is how you say it, um, but I mean, I'm sure that anybody would appreciate you correctly saying their name, you know, mm-hmm. even, even a student coming in from another country. Um, like you said my name was also my last name was butchered a lot and hearing that over and over and over like over the intercom at school was just I mean I was like oh my goodness everybody heard that just again. ask me it's like nobody knows yeah and then we're in high school and they're like how do you say it I mean we've been in school like 12 years so I mean <laughs> you know so yeah that is huge names names are huge yeah well, I think we can just wrap it up uh, at this point. And so overall, the goal of multicultural approach in education is to create a more inclusive and equitable learning environment that prepares students to succeed in a diverse and interconnected world. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can find more information about Carson Newman University at www.cn.edu. And you can follow the Carson Newman University School of Education and Counseling on social media at at CNU Education on Instagram and at CN underscore education on Twitter. If you enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, keep having those teachable moments.